0: David Butler Studio Podcast. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are meeting, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to our shared future. Sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. He.
1: Him. Podcast. Welcome back. Yes, um, and welcome to our two guests. Yes, uh, we have two guests with us today. We have uh, my wife. Uh, my wife. No, my wife. Uh, She's nice. <laughs> know you two she likes nice. sex. She likes <laughs> me. She likes sex. <laughs> it's nice. Um, uh, so my wife Claire. Uh, we have just celebrated uh, a couple of weeks ago our twelfth wedding anniversary. Yay! That was my Claire, by the way. It's nice that you gave them the clap like that. <laughs> and?
0: And this is my partner, Josh. We have been together um, as of last January 10 years.
2: Yay!
0: <laughs> Hello,
1: hi, welcome
0: Joy. to the He Him podcast, Josh and Claire. And welcome to your own dining table. Yes. Yeah. yes. Got wine, got chocolate, it's perfect. Mint yes. slice, this is heaven.
3: Mint slice is good.
0: What is this wine that you have just
1: given us? Uh, this is Mother's Milk I Shiraz beg to <laughs> from it's the Barossa Valley. Who's right. Mother? Mother Earth.
3: Mm.
4: Is it good? Charged? It's very, very different to the last one. Salty. It has that sal- saltiness yes, to it. it
3: is very salty. That is a good descriptor. Like
0: a
1: minerality, mm. vinegary. It's crushed yep. rocks. <laughs> With hints of
3: Barossa, it might very well be.
1: What I was going to say before yes. we move on, yes. Benji's furniture that in his room, so his right. dresser, <laughs> his dresser. So no no room, idea where that was going. We had <laughs> so, so, many, I like, so many threads.
0: Benji's duck, duck, duck. Find so out his, next week.
1: His dresser, his bedside table, and his bookshelf. We bought secondhand years ago, and we sort of refurbished them with right. like Marvel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, I was right? in
3: a big like. Let's use fabric
1: yeah and and so because now that he's he's kind of outgrown that phase a little bit sure um and we've made this other you know we've redone his loft bed now so that it looks nice and now by comparison these other things don't look quite as nice and the fabric started to come off and such so we were talking the other day about what we might do to you know either get rid of his other furniture or try and do something to jazz it up a little bit Mm -hmm. and i said actually, I might use this as a practice run for what you want to do and take his dresser and, and do that thing with the wood. Cool. Um, and that way I'll, you know, if I, if I stuff it <laughs> Sorry, up. Sorry, I clipped myself in the mouth room. as it I said that.
0: So it's like, balls. <laughs> 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 that sounds relatively cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, excited. I, yeah, yeah I, I thought I would try that because it'll yeah. be. Josh hasn't seen the design for it. He doesn't know what we've got planned. Yeah.
1: I don't know why you're talking about exciting. Exactly. I just it's know exciting. That we're more things it's exciting. Things. Okay. What's so... topic? <laughs> But the reason we have asked Claire and Josh to come and have a chat with us on the podcast today was because we wanted to talk about whether we call it open relationships or ethical non-monogamy or you know whatever other terms that people want to uh, Throw use. At it. Yes, mm-hmm. we, uh, as in you, you and I, Claire and I, have been essentially open since we first got together, more or less, yeah. So almost fourteen years, yep. um, and for David and Josh. Not 14 years. <laughs>
4: uh, 10 years, yeah. Being open. Being open probably... Since 2018? Yeah, 2018.
0: So was when years. we started kind of exploring a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So four Six years. years. Yeah, about four years. But four years. with the pandemic, we yeah. were exclusive again. I mean, we yeah, were as, as well. Not, we not kind of even both Sure, not not even, but it was a. It was good for us in that. <laughs> so. I was it, forced
3: it, to be only with my partner. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: terrible! No, it um, like it was, it was definitely a choice on our part that we were both like until we are fully vaccinated, we don't want to, yeah, go down that path and start exploring that again because yeah. it was still also relatively new at that stage. Yeah, mm. but um, mm. as Josh just said, the the pandemic did, in fact, I think save us a little bit and it stabilized us because the way so our friend um, who has referenced open relationship can you without naming names can you I'll believe it out what
1: is it the (laughs) well so I I suppose if we if we if we back up to start with
2: or or answer the question so I can finish (laughs) so I can finish my point but that's fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, no, uh, what our friend had said to me uh, when I sort of raised this as a topic, not to them specifically, but I think I I posted something about it on an Instagram story or something like that. And um, and this friend of ours messaged saying, my experience with this kind of lifestyle is that it's usually one person who wants to have sex with other people and sort of drags the other person unwillingly along. Um, and you know, and the other person winds up unhappy, yeah. neglected, yeah. Um, feeling extremely vulnerable, while mm-hmm. the other person is basically just sowing their oats. Yeah, gross. Well, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's that is not that is not porridge. That, that is not <laughs> well. That's Her not heart ethical heart. non-monogamy. That's mm, that's not. a toxic relationship. Yeah, so which, which it's abusive. W- yes. Would you,
0: not to throw anyone under the bus, but would you agree that that's kind of in 2019 where we were headed? That's kind of yes. where it was going?
4: Yes, because I, I really wasn't thinking of your needs. It was more, uh, I want to do this regardless of everything.
0: I, I also want to acknowledge that I know this is a very vulnerable thing to be very open about
4: and sharing publicly. Oh, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, at that time, that I was just so, I have have this have this habit of being tunnel of visioned um, to a point of obsession. It could be things or people. And back in 2019, I decided that I had suppressed my sexual needs and social needs all my life. I'm going to be free. I'm not going to let anything hold me back. Hmm. And I took his. Green light to baby step as a big fucking green light to, oh, I can do whatever the fuck I want. So I was doing, for a while, that's all I was doing. I was talking to guys online. I would meet them. It wasn't about the sex so much. Sometimes I would even go to meet them, let them kiss me, and then I would leave. And I would know that they would want to have sex with me, and I will just leave. Mm. Because it was the kind of experience I thought I needed to have in order to move on. And... Because I was so enrapped in doing that. I wasn't really pay, paying much attention to anything else in my life, including you. And I wasn't... Come, come, I, I, yeah, it was just that. Mm. And it
1: was, wasn't good for us.
2: Mm.
1: So uh, it's, it's not that I want to detract from that conversation. I feel like it's important for people who might be listening to sort of back up and, you know, rather than diving right into (laughs) something that's, you know, quite, you know, maybe we start from the beginning as to, you know, what, what led us to this in the first place? How did we get here? It's a good host. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Keep us on track. Not to
3: devalue the vulnerability that you just displayed. That was remarkable. And I applaud you for that. I,
0: I also feel like it's, it's helpful context because what well, you guys didn't have that exact experience necessarily you have your own version i'm mm. sure yeah but i think that context is helpful being upfront with it in terms of how we navigate the conversation
2: yeah
3: and i can certainly see parallels if we're taking it back to the impetus that kind of led us mm. to this lifestyle the you referenced josh that you had felt like you had held back your sexuality and held back things, you know, from... And so it wasn't so much about your relationship or where you were in life so much as the hearkening back to things that you felt like that you didn't get to do or needs that weren't met throughout your life, which is about you. It's not about, like, to to separate you from the relationship. And certainly that was kind of where we started. Although I always get, get this wrong. It was... Not wrong exactly, but I think a lot of where, how we started down this path was because in my life, I had had monogamous relationships from the time where I was 16, long-term relationships, very, very wonderful supportive relationships, but it also meant that because of my, my, my parents and my history, um, with, it, with people cheating on me and sort of the, the insinuation of, of um, wrongdoing, mm-hmm. I suppose... I had always led this very straight-laced life. I never had flings. I never had one-night stands. I didn't really get drunk. I was always the friend that looked after all of the friends throughout my teens and my 20s. And so
1: you had a partner that whole time too, like. And I had a partner that whole partner, time who so. I was,
3: and and this partner was wonderful, not wanting to cast any aspersions. It had nothing to do with them. It was very much how I did not want to, because of how I I didn't want to be perceived as a specific thing, mm. or or you know loose, whoreish, or or, or or on the flip side, like cheating on my partner. Like there was so such strong associations with those kinds of of stereotypes that I was so conscious, a bit like in the way I am so conscious not to put a foot wrong against the, the queer community in, in what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier with Benji. I had that same kind of almost like high, like holding my breath and treading on eggshells when I would go out because I didn't want any insinuations or aspersions to be cast against me or how I was or to embarrass my partner. And this wasn't anything that they did. This was entirely because of where I have come from and my parents' relationship and things like that. Anyway, it had basically meant that i hadn't really partied or really really lived and it wasn't a huge wasn't a huge loss but it wasn't something that i questioned and and sort of when we got together and we were talking about um past relationships and and experiences and stuff like that it started to become something that where we were like well it would have been nice if i'd had you know more like i kind of feel like i missed out Hmm. is that i never remember this Correctly, and now I've had three glasses of wine, so I'm probably not (laughs) remembering it. But I remember that being kind of fundamental in our conversations, and how it kind of led us to start first going online and and, and, on forums and posting, like looking for kind of threesomes and stuff like that, and ways of playing. And then it led to swinging.
1: It 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 started basically when we. So I, I suppose for further context, I had never been in. A non-monogamous relationship no, prior neither. to us. Neither, so, of you know, neither one of us had ever experienced that. But when we first got together, there was a immediately there was this level of comfort with talking about
3: sexual fantasies. Yeah, mm. you know,
1: different fantasies, ideas that you know, things that you know, maybe we found as sexy or you know, whatever the case may be. And Claire had expressed, you know, a couple of times, oh, you know, I, I think it would be really hot if that, you know, we were you know, having sex in a a room full of people and everyone's watching or like we're, we're in a room full of people where everyone's having sex kind of thing, like Mm. almost like an orgy scenario Um, or, Uh, you know, like there were sort of all these different things. And so we started to talk about these ideas and the ideas sort of became, the, the ideas transitioned into what ifs. And then, you know, we started sort of weaning ourselves, I suppose you could say, into being a little bit more experimental. Like the, the, yeah. the first experience we ever had was going to a nude beach and, you know, yeah. we thought, Oh, okay, we're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, we're going to be a little bit. I know, it's, it's looking back
3: on it what? now, it's so ridiculous to think about it. Anything kind of groundbreaking, but,
1: but, but that's a where first we,
3: step we came mm. from. And also like I grew up, we went to Maslin beach because I'm from South Australia. And so, you know, you have those. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know, there are all kinds they of things. They spend so much
4: money on ads on South, South Australia. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> say. Um hey, And if Maslin Beach
3: is beautiful, you should totally go visit. But, you know, as a kid, you, it's kind of the, the butt of every joke, you know. And so to go and do it and live it and realize that it's not such a big thing. And then to move from there to... I feel like we reached out online. I can't remember what, what yeah, websites we, we, we did. We didn't we, actually meet anybody off of that. Like We had. We were having the up.
1: conversations and mm. we started... We, we, we made a profile, a couple's profile an Adult Matchmaker. We did. And we started chatting That's with wrong. people online. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, and I used was... to be a, the hot, hot <laughs> couple of the, the month type of
2: thing. Well, wow. I, f- I don't know about, about the that. The thing maybe, for about.
3: us is... We've got to remember, we were in our very early 20s at this point. Like early to mid 20s. And well, I was late 20s, but You were sure. late 20s. <laughs> Mid 20s. Anyway, okay. at that point, you know, the idea of what is fantasy and what is something that I would actually want to do in reality, I didn't know then. Like, it's a conversation of what is it that I'm attracted to in fantasy and what is it that I actually would like in reality? Because the two don't yeah. always go hand in mm. hand. Some things Absolutely. are just purely hot in fantasy, like we were talking about the other day. There is a, a culture of, of, of a subset of people who find rape as a fantasy attractive, but obviously would not want anything like, to mm. resemble that in real life. Mm. And there's a psychology there. But anyway, that that's an extreme example. But that is kind of what we were exploring, what fantasies... What were our fantasies, and this is part of our getting to know each other sexually.
0: And getting then, to know you, getting then, to know all about oh you.
2: <laughs>
3: and, I mean, when I left my ex partner and I, you know, got moved in with you and got started pretty quickly. I was at almost like a sexual revolutionary place as well because I have felt...
2: Not,
0: Vive la revolution! Well, it, it wasn't a word because I had
3: repressed so much of my sexual self with this person who had been my best friend from when I was 15 years old. Like yeah. an amazing, supportive, like such a nurturing space to go through those years. But when I was in, in entering my 20s, it was almost a platonic relationship and there wasn't really a lot of sexual chemistry, which is really why the relationship didn't work out amongst other things and I'm so careful not to cast aspersions on this person because it was a wonderful foundation but what it meant was I was really in the prime of my sexual realization or like Mm -hmm. coming of age and so you were so fundamental in helping me with that I think and what we what we did in those first couple of months and like reaching out and going to parties and stuff like that
4: that's beautiful
1: What about you? Sorry. What? How did you... Like, how did how I did you? you no, 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 no. That, no, that was, was beautiful. beautiful. I,
0: I like the Context is context. Yeah. Like, You'll edit.
4: It's so. amazing.
2: Great. <laughs>
4: thank, you for, thank you for being so open and honest. Which is what the people at the party said. <laughs>
0: oh.
2: <laughs> thank you for being so
0: open. Five stars.
2: Five stars. <laughs> Five stars. That's
4: what people um, will say about me.
0: Um, Well, where we kind of stumbled upon the conversation was we were in Gold Coast for our anniversary. Correct me if I'm wrong in any of this. We were in Gold Coast for our anniversary. And the Airbnb that we were staying at was near uh, like a little massage parlor type thing. And it was called something like Happy Rainbow... Rainbow Touch. Yeah, Rainbow Touch. <laughs> Mass- <laughs> That's it. Rainbow Touch Massage House. And yeah. Yeah. we were kind uh, of uh, like... Uh, <laughs> like, not sponsored. <towards laughs> no, I mean, very good massage. Yeah, very but, good massage. But both of us were like, that
1: definitely sounds like a rub touch. <laughs> like, you want a happy ending to your day? Go to Rainbow Touch Massage. Right? <laughs> it,
0: it just felt like it was screaming... <laughs> You know, there was that kind of establishment, and so we went along. I think it was like this—the last day or the second last day that we were in Gold Coast. and We'd walk past this place for the whole week, and we were like, "You know what? Let's go and book a massage." And it's—it's <laughs> it's quite a small little shop front. Yeah, very private, but it's—it was just a, yeah, but it's int- effectively two beds separated by a bead curtain. And that's it. And so we go in, we both have the hour session. Nothing untoward happened. Very good massage. Thank you very much. We're walking back to the Airbnb. And we just had the conversation. How would you have felt if it had have gone that way? How would you have felt if they had have started touching you there or, or they had touched me there? Or, And we started kind of talking about how Josh found that quite exciting, the idea of somebody touching me in that way. And so we first that kind of led us to like a month or two later, starting to explore the idea because you booked me a massage. I think that was our first experience. Wasn't it for my birthday?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You booked that massage, which was a, a happy ending ha- yes. Big finale. <laughs> yes.
4: The, yes. <laughs> the funny thing about the massage was I booked this guy and I thought he was so hard to me. And you
0: were like, this is definitely David's type. Oh my God. Yes. He's going to be so turned on. Yes.
4: So we rocked... Huh? So... <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, wait. So we rocked up to his apartment, right? We got it. I had said to him that, is it okay if I stay and watch? Because we, we were, at that time, exploring um, the idea of cock cold. Yeah. And so we were. I said, can I stay and watch? And he said, yeah, sure. Um, I won't charge you extra for it. <laughs> um, so we got into his, his uh, one-bedroom apartment, and he laid down on it and this guy um, started to take off his clothes because that's part of the deal that it's a naked massage mm. and this guy's junk is massive yeah
2: like <laughs> and, like, like massive, wine
4: massive. bottle. wow, wow. Oh my god big it's... old fire hydrant just it's like so... wow. fire
0: extinguisher hanging between his legs wow it's, she was a monster actually with less exaggeration probably like this pepper melt. yes wow
1: oh. yeah and so big old I, girthy third arm for, for anyone who may be listening it's a fucking big dick that we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> so then Bob was his uncle
4: <laughs> so I sat down on the couch and while he's getting massaged and I thought maybe he's doing a good job who cares I'm watching you getting massaged by this hot guy body. with a big dick yeah. But, um, so he had promised a happy ending, right? So when he turned you over and he went to jerk you off, I, not- I noticed that you had your eyes shut. Yes. Are like you really looking at him or trying to touch him or anything? I was
0: also flaccid.
2: <laughs> and, and I... <laughs> 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 because... He can't. Wake up! <laughs> yeah.
4: Because because he is not your type at all.
0: <laughs> this guy was just not appealing in that way. He he just like, and also his energy was like weird it it was just. Did not Did you right feel violated? No, no, okay. I didn't because I did I consented to the experience. I felt comfortable to say no, and but I thought if I go. Th- through with this if i like because i mean the massage was fine Mm. when he turned me over i was like "Uh, not really into it so you're gonna have to wake it up um yeah he didn't say that no well (laughs) and and also josh only disclosed to me afterwards that while this guy was naked that i was also allowed to be like touching him and like all of that like it was a mutual touch situation i had no idea of this, I was like, "That's useful to know." Yeah, we didn't that might have them actually helped. With Hilbert. yeah. Oh <laughs> God, that guy.
4: <laughs> so, so oh, that was not. has been some experiences. So that was not the only massage. Yeah, that he got that I paid for. So we paid. To, oh, okay, like, okay. Right, so okay. I, I, that I, you paid for, right? I sure. paid two hundred dollars for this guy. What? One, not even one hour. I don't know how long. Two. I wasn't that body slide to massage him naked and while you were watching while I'm we watching of course okay. so that
3: was an extra charge because
0: yeah okay. <laughs> and so from
4: from
1: here so we've started with these you know you mean you don't want to hear that next story
0: <laughs> with Calvin and the itchy pubes oh, oh. Like, because he had long fingernails, and like every now and again, like at one point, I'm like running on my stomach and he's massaging my back, and you just hear, like, you feel one hand go away, and then you just hear, like, oh, no. as he's scratching no. his pubes.
1: Oh, oh. No.
2: Oh, right.
1: I can't imagine how you wouldn't have been completely turned on. Right? That was the second experience. That was not number one. That was oh. the, that was the second time. So okay. So th- this is where <laughs> my question is, though. Like yeah. you, you've started having these conversations. You went to yeah. get a massage. Yeah. You and the conversation is all oh, you know. How would you have reacted if such yeah. and such had happened? Yeah. Then Josh Buchshu massage, which is a you know obviously a more full on experience, whether you knew it or not at the time. Yeah. And then from here mm-hmm. you start. Talking about, you know, what if we, you know, like, Exploring. do we get it dating? Like, how, you know, well, what happens next?
0: Yeah, so Josh kind of took the lead on that and wanted to explore cuckold. Okay. And so wanted to either watch me with other guys mm-hmm. or
4: know that I was with other guys. Okay. I think at the time I thought that I would be turned on by the idea. Although in hindsight, I think it was more... So I could live vicariously through you. Yeah, and like in in
0: your defence you were you were adamant with no sense of i'm saying what you want to hear because even the cuckold situation was challenging for me because previously i had been cheated on and i I have my own issues surrounding trusting people not just in a romantic relationship but it's something that i'm working on in therapy is betrayal it has happened several times through my life and so being cheated on is kind of a compounding of those issues Mm -hmm. in a romantic setting so when we were first exploring cuckold even though josh was in the room I felt like I was doing the wrong thing. I felt like I was cheating on him. Mm -hmm. And another time where Josh and I met this person, then Josh went home and I stayed. Even though it was gratifying and it was exciting, I felt awful afterwards. And so it it took me a long time and several experiences to kind of work through those feelings and feel like I wasn't betraying him. I wasn't doing anything wrong. But in hindsight, I was definitely in it for the wrong reasons or I wasn't doing it for my own development and exploration it was more mm. yeah facilitating yeah. okay um oh what were you saying oh that's right so yeah we, but you absolutely felt that to your understanding at that point that's what you yeah, you felt I, you, I feel wanted. That you I... didn't feel like you wanted experiences with other guys yourself no. to either participate in a threesome or to be with somebody one-on-one no. you were like you were like no this is what i want
4: yeah mm. i think for that i'm not sure how long it was but yeah i remember fe- feeling like that so we had a few we made it with a few guys and sometimes i really like i would be in the room and it would be really hard for me to watch but i really didn't want to participate I remember I would, one time the guys asked if I want to join and mm. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then there was, I don't know why there was um, satisfying to me. I can't put
2: my I mean, feet. You I don't have
4: to, yeah. to justify it. But that, that's kind of where we
0: started. That's yeah. where we started. And over time, Josh started to participate. And it became a threesome situation, Mm -hmm. and that became a conversation. So we started kind of seeking threesomes instead of the cuckold situation because that actually worked better for us. Sure, the to kind of feel like we're both enjoying and experiencing someone together, but also as individuals. But that eventually led to you having this kind of epiphany through through therapy. Actually, kind of realizing that you were pursuing in different ways. You were trying to. Well, don't let me tell your story.
4: Yeah, so at that time that I had this epiphany that I help me here. What we're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) mum. Um that I toe fluff. Come on, help me here. I needed to have my own experience. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah,
0: that well yes. You in a in a less than tactful way came back from your therapy session and at like ten o'clock at night you had built up the courage to tell me like literally as we're getting ready for bed mm-hmm. not a great time to to drop a bombshell by the way mm-hmm. um declares ryan has said that i need to sleep with other people <laughs> oh wow i was like huh
1: <laughs> that wasn't okay it was an, okay. <laughs> an xmo of me was not... there a physical slap in the face as it happened or no it... no
0: <laughs> no it was a punch in the guts <laughs> there
4: wasn't xmo of me not Taking accountability to bring it up and to pop it off to Ryan. Well, that's interesting. That's an interesting take. So, I, th- I know that you kind of you felt forced to. Like, it's not something that we do together. It's something that you are sacrificing yourself so Josh could do this.
0: Y- yes and no, because the 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 most difficult thing is that doing this means that I have to face my traumas and my difficulties head on and that in itself is scary and asking you for baby steps and to approach it sensitively and slowly and at my pace is one a big ask two a little unfair in a way because that's me imposing my pace on you but at the same time if we are going to be successful as a couple that is a A compromise and a sacrifice that you had to make and that we had to kind of reach a compromise Hmm. and that compromise has to constantly be in flux and and, and growing and changing so I I don't feel like I don't feel like I had no choice is that what you said Mm -hmm. yeah I don't feel like I had no choice
4: I, I, no, no, it was just a painful moment that was, I remember we had conversations about that I, you know, I was having break, breakdowns, because the idea that you had to go through this in order for us to survive, was just overwhelming, it's just something that you know, I really fe- felt that like I had to do, that's something that's going to kill him, and,
0: mm. whereas,
4: well, like, not to fast forward through the whole experience, but to,
0: Well, and and we're not, like, at this finishing line because it's it's an ever-evolving thing. But, oh, I've just lost my train of thought. The (laughs) God damn it. This was something that you were inflicting on me? Oh, yes. That you've carried guilt? I'm trying to catch that thread.
4: Something that you are... It's not something that we're doing together. It's uh, something that I want to do for myself. Yeah. You have to compromise however you if you want to say yeah because it it was
0: kind of and it continues to be at times an intersection of multiple issues that are actually not to do with being in an open relationship but it comes to certain personality traits and certain childhood traumas that manifest certain behaviors that are intertwined though not relevant or related to but they get lost and mixed up in that Mm. um Gosh, I wish we had a talk show. This is good well, shit. That, Let's not interrupt the train of thought okay, again sorry. to comment on. And sorry. Hello. Go, go, go. Um, <laughs> I've just lost my train of thought again. <laughs> the traumas, the Bitch. childhood
3: traumas and the uh, things that you have to grapple with in order to facilitate the relationship.
0: Yeah, so where you feel like it's you having to do your own thing and me having to compromise, what it's actually, in a good sense, forcing me to do in a way or it's encouraging me to do because I want to work through it I could absolutely as difficult as it would be if I was not willing to do this work I could have absolutely said hard hard and fast no I can't and at that time you said if that's the hard and fast line that's fine but I can't promise I won't resent you for it like that was the conversation we had mm-hmm. but Josh was willing to go without this to preserve the relationship that in itself is a very like it's a horrible situation to entertain and imagine but that in itself you can glean from that some sense of oh wow I really am the priority mm-hmm. in this but in terms of it being you doing something to me it's just it, it, it's the, the challenge is so often not you it's what comes up from my experience that I have to grapple with but part of your trauma is that you personalize that you center yourself in my challenges yeah. and make that about yourself does that, is that fair? and yes, Does that make sense? It's fair. Yeah. I just want to say that you're my priority. Thank you, baby.
4: You're my priority. I'll die for you.
0: Why, let, well, let, it won't get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hi, you two. <clears throat> Welcome back. <clears throat> Hello. Sorry. No, don't apologize. No. Were there any threads in there that you wanted to come <laughs> on to? Or anything that you... That kind of struck a chord? Because I'm sure... Some of, and this might be a projection, but I'm sure some of what Josh and I just said might have hit a wrong note or a wrong chord with how you view ethical non-monogamy or or being in an open relationship. Some of what we were saying in terms of compromises and what is the responsibility of one versus the other, that you may have a different stance on that.
1: I I mean, I I guess, uh, speaking for myself... Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we needed a laugh. We needed, a laugh. We needed <laughs> yes. I think for me, the 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 most important thing about ethical non-monogamy is the ethical part, right? Yeah. And I think that is the thing that really can be a challenge, because we are all indoctrinated with the idea that a partnership is two people and two people only, mm-hmm. and when it comes to sexual relationships intimate relationships romantic relationships the fidelity involved in those kind of things is something that should only exist between two people and to the exclusion of all others Mm. right that's sort of the world we've been raised in so Mm. coming to uh an agreement between two people where you say actually this is something that whether it's something we believe from a an ideological perspective whether it's something that merely excites us sexually whatever the case may be you feel like you're stepping outside the realm of what's morally right to to walk Mm. down this path right um and a part of the journey for me has been reconciling with the idea that we're not doing anything wrong and that we are two consenting adults making choices Mm. with other consenting adults. And I guess there's a balance, like once you get to that point where you go, you know, okay, and let me back up because even though in my mind, I have gotten to that point where I've gone, we're not doing anything wrong. Mm. There's a difference between rationality and emotion, and the, even though the rationality is there, the emotion doesn't always necessarily catch up. Which means that sometimes, even if you're doing something that you know rationally is not wrong, emotionally you still are pulled back into that space where yeah. you go. There's something in this that doesn't feel right, even though I know I've covered all the bases. I know I've communicated everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's still something that goes and. I'm not exactly sure why that is. I think that's probably a part of the continual journey for me is, you know, is it just because of the way we're reared mm. um, societally? Mm. <laughs> I wow. know you love that term. Societally. Yeah. Um, no, reared. <laughs> <laughs> why would it be societal? Why would,
2: why would that be... Oh, fuck, David loves that word. Jesus, David loves the word societal. <laughs> oh.
1: But yeah... They, the ethical part of ethical monogamy is the most important thing mm. and so on the journey we're always asking it, it's I, th- I feel like it's inherently a, a thoughtful exercise because we're always asking questions of ourselves and of our partner in terms of what are the boundaries how comfortable are we just because we were comfortable yesterday are we comfortable today yeah. you know like and these are things that are constantly in flux
0: absolutely that, that's an interesting one on boundaries or on because with Josh and my experiences things that we've and I, th- I think this is true of both parts things that we've thought we're okay with once they've happened we're like ooh, that is n- i am not mm. okay with that in like i am not as okay with that as i thought i was or i'm yeah. not ready for that when i thought i was it's
1: interesting yeah and we've been there too
0: sure yeah, yeah. I, and i think there's it's a really i know for us it's a very helpful thing knowing you both and knowing this of you both mm. that you guys are a visible example of people who are in the process, you know, and, and uh, living it successfully and, uh, you know, trials and tribulations, That seeing that is good to see from our perspective to kind of go, cool, a bump in the road doesn't mean we've fucked this up. Mm. A bump in the road doesn't mean that this isn't yeah. compatible with it's us. That, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, that's a learning. Nope, that mm. didn't work. Because at one point, Josh said to me, he was like, I just want to... Be able to do this so you don't get triggered. It's like, well, that, that's impossible. Mm, yeah. That like and you will get triggered at, mm. at times. Like yeah. you, it, you can't not expect that. Yeah. That outrageous. was an
3: amazing thing for me to know um from knowing you guys is because we've spoken about this privately mm. that because I also have my own kind of trials and tribulations that come from experiences and trauma that I had from my childhood that aren't related to Rob in any way but that you know that rear at their ugly heads when we are um, you know experimenting and trialing and and, and living this lifestyle and so it, I'm grappling with that in the same way that, that you are and and wanting to deal with it and wanting to push past sort of the stigma of, of that hmm. and so knowing that it's okay to be t- triggered yeah that it's okay to have anxiety and I was saying this to Rob the other day because I know that um, we went through a similar really rocky period a couple of years ago and at the time I don't really recall him talking too much about him feeling anxious and anxiety while I was out on a date because open relationships in the sense of us both pursuing other people individually without the other person was a relatively new concept that we really only introduced maybe eight years ago eight nine years ago but it wasn't something that was consistent Like that we that we did that we pursued yeah consistently, Mm. and I remember him saying that to me, but I was so lost in the fog of my own anxiety that it kind of didn't resonate. It wasn't until really recently that I went oh. I don't have to be 100%. Like it's, it's normal to not be 100% okay. Mm. And that, that doesn't mean that I can't live the life that I want to live and believe mm. in the ideals that I believe in. And it that just, it's not a
0: regression either. No. Like it's not a backward step. No,
3: it's just resistance that I have right. to recognize and then work through. And it's either an individual working or it's a point where I'm like, I need you to help me because I'm working through this. Mm. And so that was really useful for me. Mm. Like the visibility of the two of you when we've had this conversation off of Mike, <laughs> mm. um, sort of talking Real about t- how we don't know too many people in successful couples that live this lifestyle that have lived it for any length of time, and so that's that was really useful for me.
2: My
4: mum will be will be happy to know I am successful in one thing. Oh wow! I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be funny.
0: I did have, I just did, the thought just came back. A question that I wanted in kind of, not preparation for this evening, but in knowing that we were sitting down to talk about open relationships, a question that I wanted to pose to the group to discuss was when people ask, because I, like, on the apps, when you're chatting to people, when chatting to people, sometimes they will... I, I have encountered it with some guys that are like mm. I don't I don't play with guys that are in a in a in a couple or anything like that and that's like perfectly fine no no stress I'm not here to push that boundary but sometimes I am faced with the question and I don't yet feel like I found the best most succinct answer mm. of them being like why do you feel why do you pursue it why do you need to be in an open relationship why is it worth pursuing why is why put and also in acknowledgement that we've just talked about like the difficulties of it the challenges that we have to navigate and push through and overcome why put ourselves through that
3: all right well for me i'll jump out there please and i think we've had similar experiences David. Listen, in terms of the way we've talked about them the reason i pursue it is first off i fundamentally believe in I don't own this person and that I want them to be everything that they want to be and that they visualize for themselves but also for me I I don't want to limit my life and my life's experiences and that's more of a existential reason I suppose it's not really tied in to me personally
0: yeah but But I I feel like that's a, a very valid but like the ownership because when you think about monogamy and exclusivity there is a like you can't I, I struggle to get away from the idea of you are consciously limiting the other person. You are There is an ownership mm-hmm. of or because we're in this relationship, you can't have this. Yeah. And that's like the price of admission for the relationship Absolutely. that one has to weigh up.
3: And mm-hmm. on top of that, there is also the sense of and this was challenging to me the first time we ever spoke about it, which was a couple of years ago. It The idea that Rob is not my be all and end all. Like he doesn't—he's not supposed to fill every gap and be everything that I need Hmm. him to be.
4: You can fill my gap.
3: (laughs) It's it's (laughs) not—that he can be my end all. But you know what I mean? Like it kind of as a maybe this this demonstrates my naivete, but the idea that the other that your partner in life was supposed to be your perfect. You're everything, you're other half, that perfect fit, the soulmate, all of those Disney princess cliches. Delusion. As much as I'm a rational and I like to think somewhat emotionally intelligent adult, I never challenged that concept. And it wasn't until we started talking about that. At first I found that really, really confronting. Like, Mm. if I'm not your everything, what am I missing? What am I not? Yeah, why am I not enough? Why am I not enough? (laughs) Exactly. And so it was that thought process that I went, no, that's normal. I can't possibly be everything that you need just in the way that I am an individual person who can't be everything you need. And it's not that we don't, aren't fulfilled in each other. It's just the idea of not limiting yeah. that sense of exploration
1: and discovery. Absolutely. I would even go so far as to, to, to qualify it in a slightly different way. The same fundamental idea, but, just, but in slightly different terms, which is you are everything I need from you but that doesn't mean that there There's there aren't other things that yeah. I want you know not not that I necessarily need but that, that doesn't mean that there aren't other things that I want in my life from time to time yeah. right and, and and I suppose for me that you know what it what it comes down to is is the idea that you know going hearkening back to what you two had just said you know about possession because you know love is not possessive mm. um which is ironic that in a religious <laughs> ceremony that they cite, they say love, that is, whilst...
2: l-
0: love is patient, love is kind, love is not possessive. Second Corinthians. Right. And then <laughs> in the same, promise fidelity forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like,
1: okay. Ironic, isn't it? Well, no. I, but Can I'm,
0: you say position in a different way?
1: Uh, no, I, I do believe in fidelity forever, though, because fidelity is something that is fundamentally... Trust, Trust and, and confidence. Yeah. It's a fiduciary I mean, just, Yeah. But um, in, in yes.
0: the in the context that it's given, they are meaning uh, yes. Physically. Yes. Say, yes. But and, and also from a religious point of view, they are referring to ownership of a woman. Well, yes. Yes. And that's
3: an entirely different podcast. <laughs> in the in the just <laughs> yeah. But
1: I I suppose going to the to the root of going to the the, the root of what this is for me when you are in the throes of passion early in not necessarily even a relationship but just when you're talking to someone hmm. new hmm. it's exciting it's enthralling mm. right Gemini. like you you feel alive mm. right you really feel alive in those moments and you've made this connection with someone and, That's the and, word and there's use. a thrill behind mm. you know talking to them and seeing them and you know like there's that first you know that first kiss or that first touch or Mm. you know like the first laugh yeah that is such a that is such a moment where you just feel so heightened Mm. that's why I'm not dead well yeah Yeah. I mean yeah in part yeah Mm. and I you know and maybe this sort of harkens back for me to you know what i've said to i think everyone here at different times which is that i always had this fear that i was going to die young and so i want to make sure i live in the years that i'm alive mm. but like when you experience that thing it's just it's so thrilling and you feel so alive and you feel so present and you know you're just on top of the world and mm. i just can't understand ever wanting to take that feeling away from someone mm. and say no, you can never have that again for the rest of your life because you're mine now. Mm. You know, like, and and selfishly, I do want that for myself. You know, I want to be able to feel that from time to time with someone if that's the way it should happen. If that's the way it does, yeah. But also, for Claire, like, if that happens for her as well, I know that feeling. That's a fucking amazing feeling and I want her to be free to feel that feeling and to feel alive and to be in the world Mm. and experience it fully that's I think that's beautiful and you know it's it's yeah I I suppose it's just a passion for for human connection and human experience and being alive in the time that we have Mm. something that you said Claire in terms of finding your other half that
0: that I think is a is a good framing of it and often people who are arguing for monogamy... I'm, I'm tiring people with one brush, so this is not the case. This is like general disclaimer. But people who argue in favour of monogamy are often of the mindset that they are one half and they've found their other half and together they make a whole... <laughs> whole. My whole. A <laughs> whole. <where>, whole. Whole, <laughs> <laughs> But th- that thinking is fundamentally flawed because and while a person may only be a half person that's not because another person can complete them that's because they haven't fully realized who they are themselves like josh and i the way we have right and josh challenged me on it like in the first week or two of us being together where he would say things like i can't promise we'll be together forever because i don't know that but i'm here right now and i i want to be here right now and and That that's where we're at, and that took me a while to to be okay with that because you want to make future plans, you you see a future with that person, but at the same time, in hindsight, I absolutely see what he was getting at, and for the longest of times, I regard our relationship as we are two complete people, still still exploring, still evolving, still growing as individuals, but we
4: choose to live our life in parallel. The relationship
0: exists between two people yes. living their lives in
4: parallel. It's not say the same thing. It's just so beautiful to me that the pure chance that two people on the whole universe would uh, would meet at the same time and space and have and share enough core value between them for them to feel the need to pride prioritize that over their other pursuits of or other ways of spending their time Mm. Mm. to live with them in this way, that's beautiful.
3: Robbie had a really, really good way of putting it to me once, and I've I've sort of, I hearken back to it a lot because it resonates in my mind. He used to call me the melody, whereas the people, no, no. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Shut that shit down.
0: No. Not
1: nope, you fucked no. it up. What? No. It was this, this was <laughs> this was a conversation oh, that God. we had. This was a conversation that we had a couple of years ago about um I I had been seeing a woman at the time and, and Claire had been seeing other people, you know, at the time as well and and we spoke about the, you know, we were having some deep meaningful conversations about the nature of our relationship and our future together and stuff like that and And I think this kind of speaks to the point that you were just, you know, making about the, you know, people saying that they're sort of two halves of a whole. Mm. And it's, I don't know if it's ironic or not, but I, I very much do feel that way about Claire and myself, you know, which I suspect is is probably just a a personal thing, or, you know, it may just even be a choice as to to the way people phrase things, but... What I had said to her was that you know I may have these moments with other people, and she may have these moments with other people, but they're moments, they're dots on a timeline, mm. and she right. is the I'm timeline. The timeline. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's the way I see it. Is yeah. That that's you, sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah. It's
0: beautiful. That is beautiful.
3: And I I I think about that a lot because that is. I mean, <laughs> weirdly, I, we, we had this full
4: time, full timelines
2: here. We
3: neither of us are religious people, but we—I come from quite a religious family, so shame, for <laughs> our, <laughs> <laughs> which has Same. a whole other aspersions on on, on mm. how I view relationships, but. Specifically to do with that quote, we had a passage from Wuthering Heights read out, which Wuthering Heights, you know, it's a, it's a tragedy. It's not a really great um example of it. I love it well. But it's the... me. It's me,
0: I'm Kathy. I've come home and I'm so cold oh oh your oh. window. But the way
1: By the way, I'm dead. <laughs>
0: Jesus on a dating app. By the way, I'm three people.
2: <laughs>
1: I can not have a threesome all on my own. A threesome. I'm three people, and one of them is your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that line. I love and, that. And girl, you gonna get nailed. <laughs> I've, got, oh. I've got multiple holes you can play with. Oh. oh. <laughs> What's that mean? Okay. Christ on crucifix. <laughs> um,
3: like
2: the fucking passage- Swiss cheese. Ah, come
3: back. Come back <laughs> to me.
1: Like- <laughs> We're talking about Jesus having sex, all right? Give us a minute. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. The passage that we had read out, was, I mean, it's the infamous passage about how Kathy is talking about how fundamental her relationship is with Heathcote and how... Um, Heathcliff. Heathcliff, sorry. Three glasses of wine. Well, Heathrow.
4: we're talking about sex in the
2: city.
3: <laughs> <and a Z. laughs> it's a fundamentally important port of court <laughs> so It <can't> Good, <laughs> Oh,
2: babe. I, I, I'm
3: going to do this. I'm going to botch this so badly. <laughs> I'm talking about how he, She doesn't talk about their relationship in a transient sense or in that it, it's beautiful and seasonal. It, 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 uh, she talks about it being kind of ugly and, and deep and below the surface and beyond anyone's comprehension is kind of what she's getting at and how they are so intertwined and their experiences are so kind of complementary that nothing else nothing superfluous nothing that she could get from any other suitor could ever kind of match the depth with which they understand each other and so when Rob puts it in that whole timeline and moments thing it really um, resonates with me and it's how I often think about Things.
1: It's it's about the love it's about the, the two souls being so I mean Heathcliff and Kathy are star-crossed lovers you know very much in the way that Romeo and Juliet were star-crossed lovers except the descriptions of their connection are so much more visceral I think because mm. they you know in that passage she speaks about Heathcliff as though he is her being like mm. like and it, and it's it, it's it's an interesting passage because the other um, the other reading that we had done at our wedding was a poem by Pablo Neruda, and there are lines that, the the opening of the poem that we had read is I do not love you as though you were salt rose or topaz or the arrow of carnations the fire shoots off, I love you as certain dark things are to be loved in secret between the shadow and the soul and it's like this. It's this it's internalization yeah. of another person's soul. It's a, the internalization of the bedrock of a relationship. Yeah. Josh is dying. What yeah. is yeah. happening over there? Oh, oh it, me. Yeah. it
4: was it, so beautiful. Yeah. Oh.
1: oh, poetry,
0: you'll get it. Oh. Absolutely. Wow. You,
3: there are a few poems that <sighs> we, right that we found good. quite early in our relationship that really do speak wow. to the depth the recognition that we have Mm -hmm.
1: but it's yeah it's 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 you know the the way the poem finishes is you know that we're so close that your hand on my chest is my hand you know it's it's (laughs) (laughs) but but it's it's that it's that kind of yeah it's it's that kind of it's that kind of description is you know it's it's even Kathy sort of lamenting the fact she's like you know I don't I don't necessarily want to have
0: Oh my God, it's like the notebook when she's like, "I wish I could quit you, I can't
4: quit you." <laughs> this beauty. Yeah. This. Um, and to speak or something.
3: No, no. I mean, that's. I think that's also fundamentally what's helped us through the rough patches with this, you know, with with our open relationship and the things that we've struggled with over time is that i can't quit you you're as much a part of me as no. i am and i don't want to quit you i just so. want to keep exploring and pushing and growing and and you know whatever that looks like as you mm. said it's not a, an end it's just a oh wait that doesn't work what do we yeah mm. and so it's nice to remember in the moments of difficulty that
1: yeah yeah i, th- I think it's part of the I guess the security blanket for me. And because I don't, as I said, I've never been in an open relationship prior to Claire. Mm. But it was certainly a factor in being comfortable enough to step into that kind of relationship was that I never, ever felt early on. And I still do not feel like our relationship has ever been or ever will be in jeopardy. I feel like our connection is unbreakable Mm. Um, and you know i mean it could be that's misplaced it could be that you know as you say you two people who are living lives in parallel and people are always growing and changing and we've we've said this in the past before there certainly is a possibility that over the course of many years we start to grow apart Mm. that may happen sure uh, i think
0: in in that visual but and and again uh, uh, as as you acknowledge i think sometimes it's just in the way that things are worded like mm. I I don't see the way you're describing it and the way we're we're describing it as uh, ostensibly different. Mm. I I think it's just a different way of framing the same kind of connection. Because with that growing, rather than it being a growing apart, because Josh and I want to live in parallel, it's a case of if he needs to grow in that direction, I'm very happy to go in that direction. Mm. And similarly, if I need to grow in this direction, he's very happy to go in that direction. Mm. And that's what maintains that parallel. Because... The relationship is not linear mm. mm-hmm. it, is, it yeah. is a winding road but it's yeah. that we want to mm. walk wind that road together. to get exactly yeah. that's a really nice we way of to, framing we it want actually. to wind
1: together yeah in the oh, yeah. grand that's,
3: that's a good way of looking at it isn't it because it's almost
1: like it's sorry no finish your thought it, it, it's it's almost like i'm gonna let you finish taylor beyonce <laughs> had the best album <laughs> i have a point it's it, almost like walking down a dark road and you don't know where it goes you can't really see that far ahead of you but you're holding hands yeah and and you know you can't lose one another on that road for as long as you're holding Yeah, as long as you're holding hands yeah yeah
2: yep. yeah that's
0: the other might them, the other thing. might stumble or trip and fall,
1: but you're there to pick them back up. Yeah, yeah. Or laugh at them, which might be endearing. Yeah. At the same time, absolutely. As long as she wasn't seriously hurt, I would laugh at her and try yeah. to <laughs> be absolutely. ridiculous. But yeah. yeah, that's my my first point of call is, Are you okay?
0: Great. Because that was hilarious. <laughs>
4: that
0: is <laughs> uh, cool.
4: This, I just realized that in the grand scheme of things, if you think about it, or oh, when I think about it. couldn't decide whether you
0: wanted to say grand or grand. So okay. It's kind of the grand. <laughs> no, let me, <means> it's a <laughs> profound
4: point for me. Okay, good. Okay, so it's a, in the grand scheme of things, if, when I think about it, I go, the more we're on this journey together, even though it's bumpy, even though they are difficulties there are still there are joy and there are Absolutely. exciting things there's so, so much joy when I think about it in the grand scheme of things that I go the further we're along this path the less likely I'm going to find someone else who is going to be compatible with me because I've gone through all this amazing and painful and joyful experience with him no one else is going to be able to give me that Mm. therefore I am in the in the best sense possible stuck with him because he is my he is my best bet on earth Mm. that only he can give me what I need to go forward Mm. yeah and
3: I mean that's such a beautiful way of phrasing it I think that's I mean that's certainly something behind like we just got tattooed the two of us for our 12 year anniversary just got my great friend and that is is The best way possible of kind of explaining the sentiment behind that is that i am fully invested in your life's journey and to to, um to quote our our song song that you played for our wedding you know like i'm everything i'm your crying shoulder i'm your, your biggest fan i'm whatever you need me to be on your life's journey because i'm invested in in that for you and you are for me and where will you ever find someone else who will be that you know with the further we go the more i develop the more you do the more we challenge and confront and overcome how could you You get
0: overcome
1: God, this podcast has turned fucking mushy. Hasn't <laughs> no, no, no. All right, get to the sex. No, play. I don't even think Get to the smart. We, we should just sort of redirect back to the purpose of the podcast. The
0: purpose of the podcast. No, I, I, don't, I don't feel like we've, we've deviated that strongly. And I, because I, I was talking to somebody today and I mentioned that we were recording a podcast and we were chatting and they asked me, what's the premise of the podcast? And so I talked about our kind of the intersection of our lived experiences and that sort of thing. And he, uh, he said, potentially cheeky question, what do you feel two cis men, two cisgendered men, have to bring to this platform, to, to a podcast? I said, it's actually not a cheeky question. It's a good question. Um, and it's one that we have talked about and examined as to whether or not it's worth us doing. But ultimately where we landed, or my recollection of the conversation of where we kind of landed, was that's not the... That's not something that we can actually make a decision on as much as we can just be authentic, put our, put our stories forward, be visible in our lived experience. And if that connects with people, great. And if
1: it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I don't understand. Is, is the implication that cisgendered men don't have relationships? No, the
0: implication is that aren't there enough cisgendered men out there with podcasts? Oh, So what are we bringing that's new that's was, nice, was kind lovely. of the, the, the question. And that's why I said it, it's a fair question to ask why as two cisgendered men we would feel we needed to have a podcast. But then I went on to say how you being a, a straight man from America, me being a gay man from Australia, the number of things that we align with and the, the, the connection that we have. Sure. The <laughs> connection that we have that... One might argue uh, shouldn't inverted commas shouldn't exist between two people from totally different worlds and totally different upbringings, totally different uh, lived experiences. But for us to align on so many things and the the intersection of that, I've got to stop saying intersection. intersection Does that make energy. sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, intersection. Yeah, intersection.
3: Makes me think of scissoring.
4: Hmm.
0: <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be a liquor land. I, I, I do want to cue a, a, a topic if you guys are are up
4: for it. Please. Um, but I do need to t- t- I need to pee too. Should we go to give it a one-up? That's uh, weird.
1: In mixed class swords. <laughs>
3: There's not enough space in the bathroom. One at a time, please. <laughs>
4: i only if
1: this was the dinner table talk that I had with my parents. <laughs> Can oh you imagine? God, it's not like I'm I would actually, have, ever have any of it. I'm, I'm anticipating uh, when we go to Hawaii and, and my parents are there. Do you feel like you have to shield that away from them
4: or tone yourself down in front of them to make them feel comfortable?
1: In years past, I think, yeah, I probably would have. So not, not
3: anymore. Not, not anymore. Not anymore.
1: Especially because my parents... Like my parents know about our relationship. At least your mother um, does. No, they both do. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sure they would have told my sister as well. But also, like, a part of the uh, a part of our journey has been because when we first started experimenting with openness and and seeing other people, we were very hush hush about it, as I think a lot of people are, because you know we felt like there was a, a kind of sort of, kind of shame. shame or a taboo that's attached to it yeah and so over the past several years we've we've just been sort of freely open with it because we want to try and help first of all i think i mean i don't know about you but for me i've i've kind of realized how common it is like it's not It's not something that it's something that a lot of people do sort of in the shadows, Mm. but it's not uncommon. No, it's really not. No, and so I I just feel like we're not special. Well, no, and we shouldn't feel like we are. But you know, it's. I do want to, at least, Be 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 some sort of infinitesimally minor. Force in helping to destigmatize, mm. you know, and and say no, you know, this is this is not abnormal, this is not atypical. We are not, you know, insane, debaucherous, lecherous people. We're just normal people living a normal life, mm. and also we we enjoy sex and we think it's fun and, and that's healthy. Mm. Yeah,
3: and the yeah. sex positive. I have a couple of different viewpoints to that because. My family don't know, and I couldn't deal with them. No, at least my, my mother and my, my aunts, and so my, my older generation family. I'm fairly sure that my sister and my cousins know to some extent, even though I've never been up front with them. I'm fairly sure some of them know.
1: Jason definitely knows, and yeah. Nick. So Nick.
3: there are my my ex brother in law. Nick. Nick, my ex brother in law. Um, so there is a part of me that just cannot have that conversation with my family because conversations about the most basic things are some, like, sometimes quite complicated. On the flip side to that, there is certainly a part of me that is quite proud of the relationship that we've um, built um, and wanting to kind of speak to that and be visible in the way that Rob was just talking about, like sort of sex positive and, and making sure that we kind of challenge the taboo. And then there is another side where particularly amongst friends who knew us over the last couple of years. I got wind of rumours that people were saying I was somehow being dragged into this and an unwilling participant and I was a victim. And that really affected me because it wasn't the case. Like, yes, I was struggling in various aspects, but at no point was I an unwilling participant or non-consenting or anything like that. And so there was also a part of me like, fuck, I'm not a victim. So now there's that as well. Like, I need to be vocal about this because even when I'm struggling with it and dealing with, you know, whatever... Thing that I'm, past part of me that I'm sort of grappling with, I'm in no way a victim. I am choosing my path. I validate my partner and my life choices, and you know. So there's there's a bit of a a confrontational aspect in that I don't want to be seen as a victim or an unwilling participant. Mm. In the way that I can't remember which of you made the point in the beginning that the common, uh, I suppose, association with this kind of relationship that our your mutual friend was saying. Yes. That one person is an unwilling participant kind of being dragged along mm, because they themselves to yeah.
2: yeah
3: and that's so not fair and I don't ever 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 want to be mm. seen as that for me as much as for you because it's not mm. fair it's and an it's not, not truth. no, it's not truth because even when we are grappling with things, it doesn't reflect I, I just I, I don't ever want to be seen as a victim of my own choices like mm. I want to be seen as owning my so, there's that element for yeah. me as well, I suppose, when we're talking about owning the life and, and being vocal about it. And ah. so there's a multiple, <laughs> multiple personalities to me.
4: F- do you feel like sometimes that you just want to be busy living the life you want to live instead of having to spend time thinking about having this kind of conversation with people? Cause you, because that's the whole point, right, of living your life is to really... Just do it and not... Mm. Do you I no longer feel
3: like I owe anyone an explanation. Mm. Mm. I think in past, when I've worked in other industries and in other, other companies in past, I felt a kind of pride in owning that this is who I am and how I am because I, not that I was an influencer, but I was an older role model for younger staff members and I knew that and so I kind of wanted to... Part of me was showing off. Part of me like really liked the fact that this was kind of cool and a bit mm-hmm. different and that's not, you know, that's not the way to be, but that was part of it. Sure. And part of me liked the idea that I could sort of dispel any illusions that they had that monogamy was the only way or that this particular lifestyle meant X, Y, Z. Now, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't know too many people outside of our immediate friendship where I would just be like, this is who I am. Like people who know us and who know of us and know of our lifestyle, I will talk about it freely and openly. But I don't just willingly open the conversation to be like, "Oh, I'm open." Yeah. Yeah. With just anybody, I'm selective. It's not broadcast because I don't feel the need to justify. To to come back to your point, I live my life. We live our life. Our choices are our choices. I don't need to justify them for anybody else. And sometimes having that conversation does, like, for me. Means that I have to then I'll just fall into this pattern of needing to justify and make sure that I'm not seen as a victim and yeah. and so I suppose like I don't, I feel like I don't need to justify myself so sometimes I won't just talk about it yeah. I don't need to yeah. I think these
1: way. are I think these are often internal battles as mm. well yeah at least it has been the case for me because you know when, when you're when you're talking about you know having these conversations with other people and you know don't you wish you didn't have to have these conversations don't you wish you could just get on with your life. Mm. The way I think about that is that we live in a society, and because we live in a society, we're socialized. And because we're socialized, we will tend to judge ourselves internally in the way that we feel other people would judge us were we to have that conversation. Mm. So we can have a whole interaction with a hypothetical Mm. person who is judging us for the choices we're making and the things we're doing. And that is us projecting onto ourselves the way society... That has
0: come up in my life so many times. A Mm. a friend of mine, when I first moved to Melbourne, used to say, don't fight phantoms. Yeah. Like, don't don't try and preempt how people are going to react. Just deal with what is known. And then years later, when I, I started therapy, one of the key things that Ryan has talked about and that I have worked on extensively is... You can't control a person's perception of you. You can try and influence as uh, influence it as much as you want, but you actually can't control how mm-hmm. a person yeah, actually, you. Actually,
4: have to think of yourself as a celebrity. You just don't read the comments. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. definitely
0: that's not the point I was Sorry. making, but you're absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was... centering yourself in my points. Thanks, <laughs> um, but point. no. But you, 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 there, there is truth to that as well. There, there is a, like a broader point of don't read the comments like don't feed into don't buy into what people are saying or thinking when it, it doesn't necessarily pertain to you and when they are missing certain context and they are informing an opinion based on their own shit and not actually on mm. that you know, yeah that's because such that's, a big point yeah, yeah, that's yeah a you hugely... say, don't buy into the hype yeah don't buy into the hype don't buy into the hype.
3: it's almost a reverse confirmation bias in mm. a way because when you're You know, when you expect society, when society has a particular view and that you can feel that judgment, and then of course you're projecting their judgment onto your decisions or to how you're thinking about something, in a way you start to look for ways that that actually is occurring. And Mm. it's a really dangerous cycle to then fall into because, again, that's how I, you know, the victimhood thing, those were comments that were made to me. It wasn't something that I perceived, but then I began to see it. In, in, in interactions where it was not not a paranoia, but nearly. Mm. Like, and I began to see that, and, and it's like a reverse confirmation bias where I felt like I really needed to rebel against it in a way because I didn't want to be seen in that context. Mm. Sorry,
2: yeah. I hijacked your no, point. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I no, no. I made me, I mean, I mean, what, I mean, what, mean what, the
0: focus. But. What, no, not at all. No, what, what you were saying before as well as in terms of how open about being open you are with with certain people i would be lying if i said i wasn't nervous about the possibility of my mum hearing this podcast i don't think she'll randomly stumble across it and find it and listen to it i don't think my parents will hear this yeah i mean and in terms of people in our lives that i'm at a stage now where i don't broadcast it but if people directly ask I, I don't shy away that's from answering. Mm. I don't shy away from answering, honestly. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I know that Dad knows we're open.
4: Okay.
0: How could he not know that we're open? Oh. Like, when I was in Macau... Oh, that's right. When we got really but, drunk... Like yes. Josh, Josh was in Melbourne. I went to Macau to help Dad move back. So his contract had finished. He was working there and he was moving back to Tassie. So I flew over and we got caught in a typhoon... Like a Category 10 typhoon. People mm. died. It was really scary. Wow. I only realised when I got home that I was having like some sort of traumatic stress response mm. in terms of that. Anyway, while we were there, like power outages, nothing was open. There was no food. There was no like clean water. There was, it was really scary. Mm. Wow. Towards the end of the trip when we were like the, the storm had cleared and things had stabilised to the point that a couple of places had opened and the ferry was back up and running to Hong Kong airport so it looked like we were able to get out and actually take the flight to, to get to a, back to Australia. Anyway, on the last night or the second last night there, we went to a bar because it was one of the few places that were and because alcohol is not water. It mm-hmm. doesn't come from a tap, <laughs> yeah. so it's safe to drink. So mm-hmm. we went and we I had like seven Long Island iced teas hmm. in about an hour and a half. Ooh, so quite a oh lot. God. I was getting never, never, some texts. You were getting some texts. And from Michael as well because Dad's best friend Michael was there and what he was texting you going you kinky bitch or some, <laughs> something like that because I started oh, just my yeah because I well, he has your own what's that but we, we started talking very openly about how Josh and I had started to explore um, cuckold and being open and that sort of thing um, and i had while i was there been chatting to a guy on Grindr, and i invited him to join us for a drink <laughs> so this random guy came guy. and had drinks with dad and michael Only, and myself uh, three white guys and asian guy right and, I, and at one point at one point when we went to the bathroom i kissed this guy and dad got really upset and wouldn't talk to me in the taxi home and we got home and we ended up talking and lots of tears and that sort of thing. And and the next day he asked me, "Have you told Josh what happens?" I was like, "Absolutely." Josh knew that I had chatted to this guy. Josh That's knew hilarious! Josh, and I said, "Josh thinks it's really funny." And his only question was, "Was he a good kisser?" And Dad was like, "What?" And like he was, and I could see him like grappling with it. We haven't talked about it since then. But I take that to mean, and like we haven't made any effort to to hide. In our conversations, when Dad has visited since, mm. about this sort of thing, so I know Dad is aware, mm. whether or not he wants to acknowledge it or talk about it or whatever, that's I, his own thing. But uh, yeah. he's aware. The idea of I'm I f- I'm like this close to putting a disclaimer on this episode, like right at the very header of it, going, "Hi, Mum, it's David. Mm. If you ah. don't want to know me completely." you don't need to hear this episode. <laughs> I don't think
1: that's going to deter her. No, no, like, no but, like but, but weirdly, or. right?
0: But weirdly, in some some way, I know it'll be uncomfortable, but in some way, it kind of forces a conversation where, because the, the biggest thing I've been struggling with with her is I feel like, she holds me as the 18-year-old who moved away mm. and is struggling to see me as the person I am today. And yeah. I am a very different person to that scared, self-loathing 18-year-old who moved away. Yeah. I, I have just I am a totally different human being and continuing to be so. Yeah. And you know, anyway, that in I would be lying if I said this is a long way to go to say I would be lying if I said I wasn't Nervous about who will hear this I'm also thinking about my clients who might stumble across this um, yeah. and hear this and kind of get this peek behind the curtain not that there's a curtain yeah. I, you know, no, I'm not I that mean, guy yeah and th- I mean
1: all all of those are perfectly fair thoughts and you know we were just I was just saying before when you had left the room briefly I was in the other room touching my penis <laughs> Um my parents my parents openly know that you know, because we had been on a phone call one night and I had been talking about I'd been talking about the I went to see a show one night with No, it was a drive in. No, it was a show. Um I went to see a show, it was Windmill's Beauty and the Beast. Um so I'd gone to see a show with someone and when I was on my way home uh, i was on the phone with my parents and you know I, my, my mother said you know you know what have you been up to and i said i just went to a sh- i went to see a show with this person and she said you went to see a show with a woman and i was like yes and she said and claire wasn't there and i said no <laughs> and she said well how does Claire feel about that? And, you know, very clearly for her, it was not okay for me to be out with another woman Mm. alone without my wife. Yeah. My Um, wife. My wife. And so it was at that point where I said, I need to be honest about who I am and where we are and, you know, and all of that stuff. And so I said, you know, Claire and I, we're not, we're not like that. We don't, treat each other that way, our relationship doesn't work like that, and then evolved into a deeper conversation. Okay, what are you talking about? And then it was all disclosed. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, well, it wasn't beautiful. I mean, it was good to... Get it out? Yeah, I was, I was going to say unburden myself, and that that certainly is not the case, because it, it was still, in many senses, of a highly superficial conversation. Sure. But I am expecting later this year when we go to Hawaii and and I see them in person because it will be the first time that I've seen them in person uh, since that conversation. I'm expecting that there will be some questions asked. And and
2: we've
3: run out of time to have this conversation but I, I meant to mention it earlier but Early on, when we were kind of experimenting with this lifestyle, I had really only just had Ben and I was pregnant with Lena. And I struggled with that, my sexual identity, because all of a sudden I was a mum and I had preconnotations as to what that meant mm. and what that was supposed to look like. And I really, really, like for someone who was relatively sexually aware, mm. I really struggled to reconcile the various sides of me. And I felt for ages like the two couldn't coexist because I was doing a disservice to one if I was Mm. acknowledging the other. And I don't know if that's the same for women generally or even for fathers when they become fathers. Like if your preconceived notions of the term and the role Mm. kind of start to exclude things that don't fit within that idea, that definition... But that, that, that was my experience. And so for ages, that really rocked how I could see myself sexually.
0: Mm. Anyway. We have covered a gamut of <laughs> topics, um, but I hope that you two will join us again um, at, at, at some point because it's been really lovely just sitting and chatting and kind of sharing the discourse of all four of us um, this evening. But thank you, Claire, and thank you, Josh, for joining us on this episode
3: thank you for having us
0: thank you for having us
4: it has been a joyous ride a joyous
0: ride <laughs> I
4: will check my calendar and on you know my availability for the next episode great <laughs> <laughs>
0: he says with <we've> closed eyes <laughs> <She's>...
4: <laughs>
1: I, think, I think maybe we need to limit Josh's wine intake <laughs> I don't want <laughs> well I wait mm. okay. Well, thank you both for uh, being here with us. And thank you to the listeners for listening to the Him podcast. A
2: David Butler Studio